Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Bobby Duran here, joining you once again to talk some Rutgers football. I will be flying solo today and talking about the Rutgers depth chart. You know, uh, the week began today. Oh, well, this is actually Monday. I'm recording it. The week began, though, with Chris Ash giving, you know, his weekly press conference, but he did not give out an official depth chart, uh, which is uncharacteristic. You know, every press conference will usually get, an, well, not an updated depth chart, but a depth chart, you know, so we can tell you who's first team, who's second team, but that didn't happen. So I'm taking it upon myself to tell you who's going to be first team and second team, according to my projections. Now, this is not official, but, um, you know, you're going to have a good idea of who's playing where. Uh, when the season kicks off on Friday night against UMass, seven fifteen kickoff at Shy Stadium. Still have to get used to saying Shy Stadium. Anyway, let's jump right into it and start on the offense. Uh, one position that everyone was really uh, focused on was the quarterback position. Who's going to start, McLean Carter or Art Sitkowski? Uh, you know this this topic has been talked about at great length, you know, pretty much everywhere, social media, on our Scarlet Nation message boards, on the roundtable. It's an ongoing one. And we're going to go with McLean Carter as the starter, um, you know, from what we've seen in practice and, and just all the reports, you know, he just has more of an upside and has a better ability to win right now. So we're going to put him as number one. Art Sitkowski is number two. Johnny Lang is number three. Now, what's that mean for Cole Snyder? Probably a red shirt. On Mon- uh, during Monday's practice, he was wearing a scout team number. Uh, and unless there's a catastrophic rash of injuries, he probably will be put on the shelf this year. And it's great for his development. Rutgers has seen his fair share of quarterbacks pushed into action early. So there you have it. First one, McLean Carter, we're going to go with as the number one. Moving on to running back. Um, you know, this one's an interesting position because a few guys are going to play. So we're going to put Raheem Blackshear and Isaiah Pacheco at that first spot. You know how they do the infamous or on the depth charts. But there is a scenario I could see happening where uh, both players are on the field to start the game. Um, Raheem Blackshear has been working a lot in the slot. And they've run formations before, you know, even in the open practice where the fans were at, where Blackshear's in the slot and Pacheco's out of the backfield. Aaron Young, freshman running back, probably the number three on the depth chart, but he has also been working out at the slot position. So what's that mean? That means Rutgers is going to use its running backs quite a bit, and you won't see the traditional slot receiver sets that you've seen in the past because some of those running backs might be lining up there. Um, Also on the depth chart, we have at number four, Elijah Barnwell, who's had a pretty good camp. And, uh, you know, I asked running backs coach Colby Smith earlier on Monday uh, if he's going to get some carries this season. And he says, yes, he will. I don't think he'll be featured quite a bit, but he's a guy that's really worked his way up. And that leaves Karan Adams at the uh, fifth spot, which, you know, another freshman running back who can take some time to develop. And if needed, he'll be put into action. But with that stable of running backs, I could see a red shirt for him. Moving on to the tight end position. Sorry if I'm jumping from one to the other, but have a lot to cover here. Um, tight end has been a position that's been, uh, I guess, affected by some negative injuries. You know, during uh, training camp, Matt Alamo has been the only scholarship tight end that's been healthy from start to finish. You know, that's one of the reasons I'm putting him at the number one spot because, you know, it's basically been him. Jonathan Lewis is 
steadily working his way back into action and should be ready to go for the opener. But, you know, if I was making an injury report, I'd probably put him as probable. So, you know, it's tough to put him at that number one spot without, you know, having practiced the full the full slate. Uh, Kyle Penniston, the grad transfer from Wisconsin, still, you know, recovering from an injured foot. No telling when he'll be back, so I'm going to leave him off the depth chart for now. But that's your one-two punch, and then there's some walk-ons that you'll see maybe in some select situation. Brandon Myers has been working in as the H-back and, you know, been called a fullback type role. So you'll see a little bit of him. Jonathan Pimitel and Cooper Heisey might get some special teams run, but their action will probably be limited in the early going. And you're not going to see as much uh, tight end use as you did last year. You know, last year you had Jerome Washington, Travis Vokalek, Nikia Griffin-Stewart, and Davon Robinson at the position. So what John McNulty was doing was, you know, catering to his strengths. Tight end was a strength. And this year, you know, it's a little thinner at the position. So I think you're going to see some different elements in the offense, and it won't be the same kind of use of the tight end that you saw last season. Now, moving on to the wide receiver position, another position that a lot of people are worried about, curious about, and excited about all at the same time, if you could say that. You know, you have some returning veterans who only combined for 72 catches as a group last year. That number is very concerning. So, you know, they're going to need more production in the passing game. And that, you know, the wide receivers play a big part. Uh, Bo Melton, everybody's been raving about in camp. And, you know, he's he's up there as our, as our top guy on the depth chart uh, at one of the wide receiver positions. And, you know, it's time for Bo to produce. I mean, he's a former four-star recruit, uh, you know, has really had some time to develop. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, do or, you know it's, do, it's go time for Bo Melton. So uh, you have him up there. <clears throat> excuse me. You have Samit Shameen Jones at the other position. You know, he's an experienced guy. The staff trusts him. Uh, so, you know, you're going to see him up there at the beginning of the season. And then Eddie Lewis is also going to be up there in the slot. But that slot, like I mentioned, is not as a conventional as it as it has been in the past because you're going to see some running backs working in there. Then on your second team, you're going to have Davon Robinson, uh, Isaiah Washington. You're also going to have Mo Jabby. And you could, I could see some Paul Woods and Everett Wormley working in there too. It's a big group. But the guy to really watch in that group is Isaiah Washington. Um, he's a freshman. He's made a lot of plays really effective on the practice field and and has a very high ceiling. So uh, a lot of fans should be intrigued by his potential. I think he's going to get a lot of work early. Davon Robinson is checking in as that big receiver. I think he's going to get a lot of work. And and keep an eye on Paul Woods, a kid who redshirted last year, came in at 152 pounds and, you know, is now up to 174 pounds. Can really create some nice separation, has some good speed, and uh, you know he he's really starting to develop as well. So you know no matter what the 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 two deep reads on on game one, it might change by game six because some of these new guys might really start to come in and overtake some of the vets. So that being said, we'll move on to the offensive line. Now this is a position that did not have any position battles throughout training camp. I mean. From the beginning of camp, there was starting five, and that was set in stone pretty much. And that five stayed intact pretty much through spring practice and into training camp and now going into the season. At right tackle, you have veteran Kamal Seymour. And then next to him at right guard, you have Nick Crimmon, who's stepping in for Jonah Jackson, has some big shoes to fill after 
Jackson fled for Ohio State, where he's going to start the season as well. Um, then at center, you have Mike Maietti, uh, returning starter again, solid guy in the middle. At left guard, you have Zach Vineski, who kind of emerged late in the season last year. And at left tackle, uh, redshirt freshman Raekwon O'Neal, who really has a high ceiling too. I mean, this is a this is a tremendous kid, great work ethic, and um, really, really sky's the limit for this kid. So there you have the, the the five, but you know behind them, it's really different on the offensive line because they look at it as a two deep. But there's a six man, a seventh man, an eighth man. That sixth man will be Mike Lonsdorf, who is. Uh, probably going to be listed as a backup left tackle, but he would go into right or left tackle if one of those guys were to go down. Then behind him, you have Manny Taylor, who's come on strong as a fifth-year senior. He's the number seven guy as a backup right guard. And then your number eight would be Sam Vretman at the left guard position. Uh, Vretman is uh, one of the Swedish players on the Rutgers team, one of three. You know, hasn't really put it all together yet, but is starting to, you know, make some upward upward movement on on the uh, in the pecking order. I'm sorry. And then, uh, you know, your nine and 10 would be uh, the right tackle. You have Matt Rosso and Omari Cooper battling it out there. Rosso, uh, you might get both listed as the, as the second guy as an or position. And then, um, you know, at center, if there's an injury, it will probably be Zach Vineski who takes over. And then, you know, one of those guards would slide in, but you'll probably see Sam Housen or Owen Bowles as the backup on the death chart, depth chart, excuse me. <clears throat> so that's the offense. Let's jump over to the defense. And, um, you know, we can start there. Defensive end position. Uh, it's a position, I think, that is going to be a strong one this year. Uh, you have at the strong side defensive end, Mike Tverdoff, and he's just continued to accelerate his progress. I, I was real high on Mike as a recruit. Uh, great high motor guy, and he's really starting to put some pass moves together, and and he's getting stronger. I, I think he's going to be in store for a big year. Uh, behind him, you have Robin Jupiterton, uh, the other Swede, one of the other Swedes. I just mentioned Sam Vretman, uh, but Jupiterton has really started to emerge, you know, and and he kind of caught my eye in spring practice, and he would move down sometimes to defensive tackle. Uh, you, you probably see some of that um, on passing downs, you know, maybe Tverdoff or Jutreton move down to one of those interior line positions to rust the passer uh, on passing in passing situations. You know, behind Jutreton too, Jamry Cromer has really started to, you know, come along nicely after being injured last year. But Jutreton looks ahead of him on that too deep. Um, at the other defensive end position, the Jack, which is kind of a hybrid linebacker. I said that right. You know, I was I was talking about it earlier and I said hybrid hybrid Heinbacker. If you say that, you know, 10 times, you probably mess it up quite a few. Say it real fast. It's a good tongue twister. But uh, <laughs> um, Elorm Lumar at that position, I, I stood next to Elorm the other day and he just got so much bigger from what I remember. I mean, this kid looks like he could be an NFL guy. Uh, he's quick twitch. He's he's explosive off the line. I think he's going to have a huge gear. And, you know, behind him, there's some good depth. Um, I think you see a lot of oars at that position because you have T.Y. Mason coming back from injury who looked very explosive 
or CJ Onyechi, who was also coming off a year where he didn't play. Uh, you know, he was suspended because of his involvement with that credit card, fraudulent credit card scheme was cleared though. Uh, back on the team, you know, has a little hand issue, but, um, it shouldn't keep him off the field for the opener. So uh, those two, and Naeem Anderson's working at that position. So I think you see a lot of oars behind Elur Lumor. They'll, they'll, they'll play a few of those guys in that position, but Lumor is the guy, and keep an eye on him this year. Now you move to the interior of the line, and this is where you know, you're going to need some guys to step up. At the nose guard position, Julius Turner did not practice all spring. You know, he's been working back and was on the practice field in a full go uh, through the end of training camp. And he'll probably get the start and be the number one guy. But the guy who's right behind him on that two deep coming on strong is Jay Owen Duggan, a redshirt sophomore who's really improved physically. And I think he's going to split some time with Turner. And as the season progresses, the one who performs better will probably get more uh, playing time, but I, I could see that rotation, you know, spelling each other throughout the course of a game. Then you move over to defensive tackle and you have fifth year senior Willington Prevalon, uh, the three technique. And he's a guy who's also working at some of the nose position as well. But I, I think you'll see him as the starter at the three tech and Brandon Bordner, Brandon Bordner will be backing him up who will be looking to really get his first real share of playing time. A uh, guy who came in with a lot of offers and was a little slower to develop, but I think you'll see him on the two deep to start the season. Now, the linebacker positions have been pretty much set, uh, similar to what I spoke about the offensive line. Um, you know, at the middle linebacker position, Tyshawn Fogg, elected captain, is expected to have a big season. Rashawn Battle behind him at that spot. Really no surprise there, but uh, there's big expectations for Fogg, a former four star. Uh, he's going to have to play big too in case that. Uh, middle of the line does not really, um, you know, turn into be, uh, you know, real efficient at their job. Uh, if there's some question marks, if there's some struggles, that middle linebacker is going to have to come up and, and compensate. So uh, big things expected from him. At the will linebacker position, you have Olakunle Fatukasi holding off Drew Singleton, who will probably be uh, starting the season as the backup. But I could see scenarios where both of them play over the course of a game. Remember last year, uh, Tyshawn Fogg split some time with Trevor Morris at the will position. I think you'll see a similar scenario in which the staff will be able to play both Singleton and Fatukasi. And, you know, as the season goes on, the one who really, if one really starts to outperform the other, they'll get the lion's share and probably most of the reps, but <clears throat> could definitely see them spelling him, spelling each other for a bit during the course of a game. Uh, the Sam linebacker, Tyreek Maddox-Williams, Fourth-year junior, you know, was an unheralded recruit, um, kind of snuck up and, and has really started to play well. He's also been elected team captain. He's the starter there. Behind him, you're going to see freshman Muhammad Toure from Pleasantville in South Jersey. Helped rejuvenate that program. Came to Rutgers because he wanted to do the same thing at the college level. Uh, just a world of talent with that kid. And, and it was really built him up physically since arriving as a early enrollee in the spring. And I think you're going to see big things from him in the future. You could see some special teams action early, but uh, he's a guy that's going to be on that too deep. Then moving over to the secondary at the cornerback position, you have uh, Avery Young and Damon Hayes are the unquestionable starters there. They will hold that spot down. They That might be the best position on the team in terms of starters. Young and Hayes have both been very good through spring, uh, spring and in the summer. 
And Damon Hayes is is back at his natural position. NFL scouts have been eyeing him up. Uh, I was asked a few weeks ago about him, his NFL potential. And I said, you know, I think he has that mid to late round potential. And from what I'm hearing from scouts is it could be even higher than that. So as long as he plays well and performs well and runs well, um, you know, he's definitely going to, to, to get a shot at the next level. But, you know, can't put the cart before the horse. He has to, you know, kind of come in and, and do his thing this year, which good signs all around. But behind those two, you have Kason Abraham and Trey Avery uh, backing up in the two deep at the cornerback position. And uh, Avery is also a guy who was fighting for the nickel position along with um, Abraham as well. And, you know, that position, uh, if Avery's healthy, uh, he can do a lot of damage. Reports have been very good on him. He was a former Ohio State commit. Great speed. Um, a lot's been talked about his game, but we really haven't seen it because, you know, he's been injured. And even in the beginning of training camp, he's been injured. So if he's healthy, you know, he's that number three guy. He's that nickel guy. But if he's not, you know, it's still that where's Trey Avery? It's a mystery. So, um, you know, he's been telling me he's, he's going to be healthy. And, and that's what the coaches said. So we'll see. But um, that leaves the safety position, and you're going to see a pair of new starters there as well. Uh, you're going to see at the strong safety position, I would venture to guess Malik Dixon is going to get the nod, although I could see Christian Izian getting some playing time in there too. But, you know, Dixon just has great length at six foot three. I mean, he's, he's all over the field. He, he can make plays with – even when he's out of position, he, he can come over and make a play because he's so athletic and he can cover a lot of ground really quickly. Uh, the staff was really high on him. And when they lost him last year because of that credit card incident uh, he was involved in, the one I previously mentioned with C.J. Onyechi, it kind of hurt their defense because they were relying on him as a Sam linebacker. Now he's moved back to play that safety position. Um, and, and a lot of high expectations placed upon his performance this year. And we'll move over to the free safety position where there's Tim Barrow and Jarrett Paul, who have been fighting out for that starting job. And uh, we're going to go with Tim Barrow as the projected starter at the free safety spot. Uh, but that's another position. I think Paul will get a little look and um, whoever starts to play better will kind of emerge. But a guy to keep an eye on there is TJ Robinson, true freshman, has been making plays during training camp. And it might be a little too early to throw him in that too deep, but he's probably going to get some special teams work. And if he continues to progress, he's a guy that could see some of the field as the season goes on. And if he starts to perform well, you know, he could be a guy that legitimately is playing at that free safety position by the end of the season. So it's a freshman to keep an eye on. And that kind of rounds out our too deep on the defensive side of the ball. So there you have it. Uh, Wow, that's a lot to talk about on solo. Usually when John talks, I can uh, take a break, but I'm going to drink a water now. But uh, we'll be back with more Scarlet Nation podcast. Join us on the roundtable, our premium message board, where it's all Rutgers, all day, all night, all year long. Thank you again, and we'll see you on the message board.